0: You are listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. Conversations with Nelson Nash, 45 years of marriage, implementing the infinite banking concept, and the importance of not stealing the peas. We are joined today by one of our incredible friends, Mike Everett who was blessed to spend much wonderful time, many great conversations with the late, wonderful R. Nelson Nash. He is an authorized infinite banking practitioner and just a joy to be around. So Mike, we're excited to have you on the podcast today to share some of your wisdom with our listeners and speak to some of those wonderful conversations you've had with Nelson and embracing this concept in your life and taking it out to the masses and showing people how they can be liberated financially by implementing the infinite banking concept.
1: Rich, Jason, thanks so much for having me. You know, we, uh, we the three of us, have been friends for a number of years, too. I remember when the Canadians showed up on the scene, and I thought, who in the world are these guys? 2012, <laughs> February 2012. Dude, I remember watching you guys come in, and y'all had, like, jerseys on. And I was going, who are these guys? I I want to know. And then all of a sudden I realized, these are fun guys. (laughs) I want to hang out with these guys. And we've probably had a little more hanging out than we should, but that's another story.
2: (laughs) No, Mike, I I remember, I, I just, I'll never forget it. The very first time that we saw you speak at the annual Think Tank conference. And we were just, we were just horsing around, you know, prior to recording and, and talking about it, we, we, we walk into the, to the breakout room and you've got everything set up in there. And we, we go to grab a seat and there's a brown paper bag on the seat. And you said, Whoa, Hey, don't touch that. And then, so everybody, you know, the room filled up and then you took this brown paper bag out. Why don't you tell the story how you used to position that? It, it was well. I I do this. I, I do this probably at least
1: once a year at, at when we do a live seminar, especially with new people. And and I, I think 2012. That might have been the third time I spoke at the at the think tank, but you know, part of. I guess part of the excitement that I have about IBC I, I need to transfer to people. So one of the things that I would do is I was always I would always show up to an event or a, a speaking engagement 30 40 minutes ahead of time and I would put brown paper sacks on every single seat. And you know you can you can see people they walk in, they pick it up, they kind of look at it, and they put it down on that either down on the floor or up on the table. And uh, I would always start. I would always start with Nelson's book. Always start. But what I would do is I'd get my book out and I would have a brown paper sack inside the front cover, and it would fall out. I'd go, oh, oh. I say, well, what is this? And I said, how many of you guys have a brown paper sack on your seat or in the table? Everybody hold it up. And I said, so this is what this looks like. And I would take this thing and I would go like this and I would breathe in and I'd breathe out. I'd breathe in and breathe out and I'd go. So there's a couple, three of you here in this crowd. I said, some of the things that I'm going to say, you might get a little overexcited about. I said, if you get a little dizzy, I said, this is exactly what it looks like. And then I would breathe out and breathe in, up. And I'm going to tell you what. So imagine this. I'm, we're talking to think tank participants, practitioners. Yeah. They kind of get that, but not as much. Like I've done this with a room of three to 400 doctors. And, you know, usually when you get a, a financial guy show up, everybody's sphincter's all tight and they're they're going, (laughs) they're going, this guy's going to try to sell me something. Right. I mean, I mean, that's really what people think. And uh, one of the fun things that I love doing is I love to get people's level of emotions right back down to table level. And if you could get somebody to bust out laughing, or you can get somebody to kind of breathe and relax through this, their ability to be able to receive and retain what you're getting ready to share with them is unbelievable. And I remember, I'm going to go ahead and dovetail on this with a story about Chris, because I remember the first time I had him actually come up and we were in St. Louis doing this for 300 doctors. This was, this was really funny. And we had the We had the brown paper sacks in all of these guys' chairs, but I, I love Chris Bay because Chris Bay is a warm, he, he wants to do a, a a group hug before we get started. You guys have done a podcast with Chris, you know, Chris, and, uh, and so Chris would get, come in and he'd be kind of like the, the front band at a concert. And he would get things started and, you know, he would share a story or two, and then he would introduce me. And I literally said, I would say this to everybody in the crowd. I said, you know what? You just got to meet one of the nicest people on the face of the earth. I said, Chris is my business partner and I love how he introduces everybody. And I said, I'm going to just tell you right now, Chris Bay and my wife are almost identical the only difference is i don't sleep with chris everybody roared in the crowd and so you know i mean we're talking about professional doctors and all of a sudden then i was able to come in and you know i had i think a 20-25 minute opportunity to share some real basics about the infinite banking concept and before this thing started i told chris bay i said chris you know, approximately when I'm going to finish my talk. I said, you got to be out at the booth because I said, we're going to sell 40 to 50 of these books. And I said, I'm going to tell you, people are going to just almost drop what they're doing and make a beeline. We sold 50 books in 30 minutes after that. And I said, how good is what we do for a living? I And, and then I tell people, you know, I said, "Here's the deal: when you buy the book, and I'm, man, I'm doing this all up on the stage." I said, "When the buy, when you buy the book, I said, here is my only warning: please, please, do not read this book after nine o'clock at night. I don't want you texting me. I don't want you emailing me at two o'clock in the morning when you're sitting there breathing all heavy, laying in bed, trying to figure out how you're going to go to sleep." <laughs> well, so. That's me. That's me. And that, you know, I'm sticking to it. My, my MO has not changed from day one of being introduced to IBC. Actually, it's probably even gone to just a a crazy level because, I mean, we get a chance to tell people about IBC and it's just unbelievable.
2: End of that.
0: You, you are the person that really, I would say, inspired, inspired me. And, and I think, I think really, put the connection together. I mean, it started the first time we went down to our think tank with the Nelson's two-hour seminar. I mean, we had a, you know, I like to say, we had a new hard drive dropped in around that time, but you know, your presentation recognized the importance of the book, learning how you went about selling the book and, and sharing the message of your story and the importance mm-hmm. and leveling up the importance of the book. That's something I still take to people this day. And that was a big you know, eye-opener for me and just recognizing, wow, what, what, what tremendous power we have. Obviously, it was powerful for me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. But I don't I didn't really have a full grasp and connection as to just how powerful it would be for other people. And that really became yeah. clear to me after recognizing how you implemented people recognizing that importance and, and purchasing the book. And so I have to thank you for that, Mike, because I think that was a real shift for myself personally in being able to take Nelson's message out further because I don't need to take Nelson's message out. Nelson's message is already there. I just need to get it right. in the hands of the people.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, everything that we've got is in this 92 pages. And we don't have to, we don't have to manufacture it. We don't have to change it. All we have to do is is say, okay, here you go. Here's the 92 pages. Give me 20 bucks. Read it. Go through it. And then we'll get back together. And, you know, that's part of the cool thing about what we do with our process. Now, you know, obviously Nelson's book is number one and we have our little webinar. And by the way, I have to thank you guys for what you have done for Mike Everett, Chris Bay, Life, Success, and Legacy. I remember when you guys first came and shared this boot camp idea, I thought, boot camp? Well, that's dumb. (laughs) <laughs> and i remember thinking who in the world is going to want to take possibly a, a friday night and or an all-day saturday and hang out with a bunch of gay who's from kansas and learn about something like this nobody's going to want to take six or eight hours and do this nobody and so i remember our very first boot camp we had eight people there eight and i think five of them were our team and wives. <laughs> so literally we had three people there and you know since since this is all culminated you know we averaged probably somewhere between 30 and 35 36 depending on if we're going to do it online and or a live event I tell you online has just changed our lives by the way that which is unreal that's another story in itself but you guys really gave us the wherewithal, the thought process, because I remember meeting with both of you guys and kind of going, you know, I need, I need bullet points. Now, Chris Bay, he likes not just the bullet points. He wants the A1, A2, A3. He, he's more of a detailed guy, which here is the awesome thing. Obviously, I'm a great big picture guy. Chris Bay's the guy who lives inside the big picture. You know, somebody's got to bring the excitement, but somebody's got to bring the detail. And this has been a a marriage made in heaven. But yet, what does it all go back to? It all goes back to the book. And I, I keep telling everybody, the book is key to exactly what we do. And if we just keep doing what we do, and people keep going through the process, so we have the book. We have the webinar, we have our, just, uh, we do a, what we call a, just a a phone consult where we do a 15 to 20 minute consult now. After that, we do our boot camp, which is, we've kind of changed up and we do the webinars. Now, these webinars are usually every other Monday night. Really, it's just a, it's just an overview and overlook an hour and 15 minute presentation. It's like me pulling out the six shooters and unloading all the chambers. Yeah, And I tell people, I said, you're going to have to breathe in here somewhere. I said, I'm telling you, but write down questions and ideas. And I said, when you come back to the boot camp series, I said, that's when we're really going to get after it. But so we do that webinar every other Monday night, then we do this consult. And then somewhere in the midst of that, some have read the book, some have not. And I, to be honest with you, I don't care. You know, at first we got kind of amped up about they had to read the book before they do the webinar. And then I realized, you know what? People are coming down this avenue, this pathway at their own pace of where they are at the intersection of when they finally meet IBC. And so I I finally just kind of loosened my belt a little bit and said, hey, no, 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 no. You don't have to read the book ahead of time. But then when we get to the boot camp, we do those usually once every about I'm going to say six to eight weeks on a Saturday morning. We do it from 9:30 to noon. Mm-hmm. and that's where we do we do a quick hour and 10-minute presentation, and then the rest of the time is Q&A. And I'll just tell you what, because of Chris and Shelly, you've gotten a chance to meet Shelly, our client coordinator, which she's just amazing. She's kind of the glue that holds this whole thing together. Their organizational ability to be able to kind of have some Preset questions for our boot camp is unreal. So then the Q and A, we literally say, okay, we've given you some example questions. You may have others that would fit to your situation. We want to we want to take as little or as much time as you can. We have found that the normal process in our Q and A period of the boot camp, if we get fifteen to seventeen questions. That is two hours. That is two hours of answers. And we get down in the weeds, which makes it absolutely unbelievable. And then afterwards, you know, you're familiar with our software. We literally come in, we have people plug their information into the software, and then we design them a strategy. We present the strategy, and either they like what we do or they don't like what we do. And you know what? I don't care which one it is (laughs) because I know what it'll do for them. Not just today, but five and 10 and 15 years from now.
2: Well, and you can speak to that from firsthand experience because you've been, uh, been practicing the process where you can say, Hey, 2005. Yeah. There you go.
1: Yeah. 2005. In fact, I just entered my 17th year, my 17th year of paying premium deposits.
2: That's awesome.
1: And I look at this and I go. Holy cow, if I could have ever, th- and you know, I, I go back to the woulda, coulda, shouldas. And I think, man, if I could have done this when I was 21, when I got married, or if I would have done this. And of course, then, you know, my, my guide brain kicks in. And I start penciling out all of the money that I spent on cars and I start penciling out all the money that I spent on houses and vacations and kids education and fill in the blank. And there is this internal kind of angst where I go, Megan, what did I miss out on? and I, I've had this I had this conversation with Nelson. And here was Nelson's comment to me. He said, "Mike, And you can almost hear it. You know when you when you said, "Lord Jesus, come into my heart and change my life," how much time did he spend looking backwards? Zero.
2: yep.
1: So when we share infinite banking with people, we go, we got to go this way. We are going forward. If we spend all of our time with the would coulda, shouldas, that's where America lives, right there. And if we spend all of our time thinking, gosh, if I would have done this, if I could have done this. Now, in all reality, I've done some number crunching. I would have between two point five and three point one million dollars that I don't have. Oh, the numbers
2: are just—that's a lot of money,
1: mind-boggling.
2: You know, you know, you know what we share, Mike, with with folks is we we share that you should always build a future that's bigger than your past. Amen. And people people grasp that, and you know, credit to credit to Dan Sullivan, who I believe. Oh yeah, if him and Nelson. Had the opportunity to get to know one another, they would have been kindred spirits. Dan Sullivan, Dan Sullivan himself practices the process. He he yep. shouts it from the rooftops as being yep. absolutely amazing. And we, uh, the one thing that we really have to give you so much credit for is also your humility. Like you, you openly shared, and it was re- really a revelation for us because through our journey, We thought, oh boy, you know, if, if we make a mistake, (laughs) oh my God, you know, the sky's going to fall. We better get a hard hat. And what Nelson would always encourage us to do is just, Hey, look, just pick yourself up, continue to move forward. Nobody's perfect. Perfection is, is elusive. And it was your story about how you were, you were leaving a restaurant. You were talking to Nelson. Could you share that story?
1: Oh my gosh. I, uh, I share this with just about everybody at our boot camps and I remember, and we'll, we'll, we'll dovetail that with the story itself. I remember Chris, when I shared this story at my very first boot camp, when we had like 35 people in the room and you could almost see Chris like sink down underneath the table. He was going, dude, we, we can't be sharing this kind of stuff with our potential customers. And I go, I let every single person know on the very front end, you're more than likely going to screw your plan up. But the awesome thing is we build in freedom. We build in flexibility, but let me tell you what we didn't do. We didn't build in everything. That I did wrong with the system. So I remember when I got all amped up, I remember the very first time I got Nelson's book. I read the thing three times as fast as I could. I mean, it was just like I told my wife the next morning and said, "Honey, quit my job and quit my job." And I said, "I'm gonna do this full time." And my wife, keep in mind, i I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, so I get fairly amped up. I'm the guy who takes a full jump on the high board. I leave the board and I go, hmm, I wonder if there's water in the pool. <laughs> but so I literally, I, I got so amped up and I learned about IBC, but I was changing jobs. Mm-hmm. Did I have any income or any money? I did not. So I went down to Pat down at the bank and I go, hey, Pat, I said, I need to borrow $33,000. He goes, what's it for? I said, "I I, I really can't tell you what it's for. I said, but I need a signature note. And I said, I promise you. And I borrowed tons of money from this guy and paid him back, borrowed and paid him back. So he loaned me $33,000. I did a $20,000 annual premium policy on me. I did a $13,000 policy on my wife. And I thought, well, isn't this awesome? Not only did it create the possibility of taking a policy loan against the policy, but I got commission. And I thought, Jesus is coming back today. This was awesome. So all of a sudden, I had a ton of money in in my hand, more money in one fell swoop than I thought was possible. Now, am I thinking about my banker at all? I am not. So I literally sat down and figured out that with the dollars that I was going to have in my hand, number one, I needed an income to be able to live for just a short time till I kind of got this thing going. But the other thing I was supposed to pay down is one of the cars that we had a loan on. Well, you know, we did. We went on vacation. I went on a 10-day vacation with my family, and I thought, this is awesome. And I came back. Life was going. We did more and more and more. We'd gone blowing through this thing. 12 months came came along. And guess what? Had I made any policy loan repayment? Did I have any money set aside to pay my new policy premiums for the second year? No. So I went back down to Pat at the bank and I go, hey, Pat, is there any chance I could borrow $33,000? He goes, wait. He said, didn't you borrow $33,000 a year ago? I said, Yeah. I said, but I said, I've got some obligations that I need that. And I said, I need this like in the next 10 days, two weeks. He goes, well, what's this for? And I literally, I kind of go, well, for one insurance premiums. He goes, what? I said, I've got to pay my whole life insurance premiums. He goes, $33,000. Is that what you did with it last year? I said, yeah. I said, it's kind of a long story. I said, it's my new business venture. I said, if you'll just be patient with me in the next two weeks, I'll be back with a chunk of money. So he bar- he let me borrow thirty three thousand dollars again. That's sixty six thousand dollars if you're keeping tabs. I paid my premiums, and I literally after I paid that, I had a right around twenty grand. I turned around and took a policy loan, and I took twenty grand back to the bank, and I said, "Okay, this is what we're doing." So we, I'm going to go through the next 12 months. Did I make any policy loan repayments? I did not. And all of a sudden, this is where reality starts to set in. I've borrowed 100% of the money for my first two years. I've gone now through year one. I've gone down near through year two. I've made zero policy loan repayments and we are putting on an event where each one of us had to take nelson and mary out to either breakfast lunch or dinner i am still a rookie at the infinite banking concept and i remember saying to linda my wife i go honey i said we're supposed to take nelson and mary out to either breakfast lunch or dinner and there was this big sign up sheet i signed up for breakfast on the very last day This is the day that we're getting on the plane to go home. And I remember the morning that I'm going to take Nelson and Mary out to breakfast. Waking up at 4 a.m., completely freaked out, going, I'm taking the godfather of the infinite banking concept out for breakfast. I have no idea what I'm going to say to him. And it was almost like the Lord said, just be honest with it. And I remember we went out to breakfast and you know how, when you're with somebody, but you're kind of like not with somebody. (laughs) I remember Nelson's talking and I'm looking through Nelson, listening to about 10% of what he's saying. And I remember we got done with breakfast. We paid for breakfast and we're walking back to the hotel. And I said, Nelson, I said, I, this is now confession time for me personally. And I said, Nelson, I said, I have to tell you, I said, I've been trying to conjure up in my head what I was going to say to you about everything that's gone on in my first two years of IBC. I said, but, you know, there's some things that are really kind of on the forefront of my mind. I said, number one, let's see. We're supposed to think long-term we're supposed to capitalize our system generously, and we're not supposed to steal from ourselves. I said, I haven't thought long-term at all. I said, I've capitalized with borrowed money from the bank and I have stole every single can of peas off the shelf and haven't put one can of peas back. Now, I have to get a little bit emotional about this now because Nelson, he literally turned to me on the sidewalk. He said, start putting the canopies back today. And he turned and he started shuffling down the sidewalk.
2: That's classic Nelson.
1: (laughs) And I go, come on. I said, this can't be all there is to this. He said, try it and let me know. The very next month, it was in February of that year, I put a $250 a month payment back in there, and I set it up on automatic policy loan repayments. I'm going to tell you exactly. There's a story in the book. If you take a a pan of water and you heat it up to 210 degrees, what is it? It's It's just hot hot water. But if you turn it up to 212 degrees, it becomes live steam and has power. I'm just going to tell you everything that happened to me went to 212 degrees. Everything that happened to me in IBC it changed my practice almost immediately and I'm going to tell you, this is crazy I started at 212 degrees now <laughs> because I've taken the time and energy to get this bad boy heated up and I'm telling you. I'm fired up, excited. So I know there are times when I am a little bit overwhelming to a lot of people because my life has been completely changed by IBC. So when I started looking at this, even even in the first four to five years, because I started at age 50, 50, and I thought there's no way possible that Mike and Linda Everett are going to be able to take advantage of all of the benefits of IBC. And so have I done my my program perfectly? I have not. I still struggle, even though I am an IBC practitioner. I am an IBC proponent. I am an IBC teacher and coach. But because of the failures and the goof ups that I had with my own plan, I know for a fact that my plan is working and that somewhere down the road, this all comes to fruition. So I'm going to go to page 72 real quick. Sorry. I just, I'm, I'm teaching. I hope there's a whole bunch of people that are listening that have their book available and go to page 72 of the fifth edition there's a whole bunch of bullet points on that page by the way on the right hand side of that column and it covers multiple generations underwriting problems are minimized tax-free buildup of cash value over a, a long period of time outlay is very small compared to the ultimate yield and we know what the ultimate yield is The generations paying the premiums can most easily afford them. The old folks can afford the premiums because man, I got rid of my kids and and I got raises. (laughs) I'm telling you, I got a $1,500 a month raise when my daughter moved out. I thought Jesus was coming back. I'm not kidding you. But right in the middle of that, it says when death benefit occurs, the system becomes self-sustaining. Now, All of the rest of this is great. But guess who the oldest male is on my side of the family. Right here, baby. So I got a funny feeling that I'm the next guy out. It will be an awesome day. Number one, I get to go be with Jesus. But number two, I told my wife, I said, the minute after the funeral, I said you call Chris Bay, you pay off all of the policy loans on all of the policies and you buy new policies on the kids and the grandkids immediately immediately. And I said if you don't want the house we built 5 years ago, I said put it up for sale and I said then you get to go do whatever you want in life. And so I know for a fact that you know, with all of this that we're thinking through and all of the goof ups that I've had along the way. But yet I know when death happens, the system becomes self-sustaining. So, you know, obviously I'm teaching my kids and now I'm having an opportunity to teach my grandkids. I have a 11 and nine-year-old granddaughter and grandson, and then an almost three-year-old There'll be 12, 10, and 3 this year. I'm pretty sure my life could not get much better than it is right now. That's don't, what
2: deserve, don't deserve any of this. Oh, come on. You're you're Mike, you're you're an inspiration to more people than I think you may you may know. Well and every single time that we connect, every single time, and I've shared this with you before. You always you always go to the book. Yeah, there, there's always something that I take away from what you share. Mm. We've all, we've all read the book, yeah, multiple times, at least multiple times. And the the last time we spoke, you were working through use it or lose it, and yeah, you were, you were talking about yep. If you give training short shrift, and if if it's not really of importance, then. Not only is the knowledge going to escape you, but it's going to—you it, it, simply cannot keep this going within the family. And and that was that was a really big aha yep. moment for me. And yep. so, today, I, I you, you <laughs> opened my eyes to something. Well, yet again, and I I'm just so grateful for you. And
1: well, I you know the 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 feeling is mutual for you guys up in Canada because I'll just tell you what. You guys gave me inspiration when I, I absolutely needed that perfect moment of going, okay, Mike Everett, sorry, got. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm going back to the book for just a moment here. And you know, when, when you've done so much study, and I probably have literally 10,000 plus hours of study in my IBC business. It's a lot right now. But you know, page 34 is called The Arrival Syndrome. Yep. And And I'll be honest with you. I thought I had arrived. And then all of a sudden, because of some life things, some issues, you know, God using some key people in my life, Nelson being one of them, I realized I have so much to learn. And even to this day, you know, I still try to read this book probably six to eight times per year. And I cannot tell you even how many times I've read it now, but yet there's still pieces that I'm dragging out of this book where I'm going, you know, those aha moments, those, you know, wish I had a V8 moment (laughs) because I'm looking at this and I'm going, I still have so far to come, but yet now all of a sudden i am starting to work on multiple generations but yet still realize my obligation to you younger guys in my life because you know i i'm a little over up for a 66 year old guy i act like i'm 36 about 90% of the time linda says to me she goes when do you think you'll grow up i said when you shut the casket door but that's the day i grow up <laughs> you know because I, our 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 journey on this earth is so short and we have so much to do and you know with what nelson has given each and every one of us it's a gift and what are we supposed to do with our gifts share, yeah, it.
2: share absolutely
1: them. they are they are not ours that's right what's you know, what's in this 92 pages is not ours that's right it is it, it is It is something that God has given us, placed into us to give away. And I don't know how it works exactly. That'll be one of the things I want to talk to the Lord about. How does it come back tenfold? How does it come back hundredfold? I I I'm a I'm a humble recipient of things that I don't deserve.
2: I'll share with you, Mike, that uh, you know, Nelson, you know, right up until he graduated. Yeah, he, uh, he just never stopped, never stopped teaching and and mentoring. And he he, I spoke to him week and a half, two weeks before he he passed, yep. and he said something that was a a woodshed moment for me mm. when the when the documentary came out, and I selfishly was feeling like it didn't place enough emphasis on him, and I, I was feeling really upset about it and ate <laughs> about it yeah and he talked to me and he and he said i understand i understand what 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 you're sharing but i need you to i need you to know something mm. this always has been and always will be about the message not the man man and i'll never ever 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 forget that that moment it was the delight the Turning on was so bright. Yep. That I broke down. <laughs> it's, it's hard not to. And I, I shared with him, I said, Nelson, I'm not quite sure whether you do or whether you don't have an idea of the impact of what you just said on me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and but but it, he was he was on to. He was on to the next thing, the next part of that message. It was really about imparting things to us that, once again, are gifts and we're supposed to just, supposed to come in, supposed to go out.
0: Absolutely. There's a a couple of things that you've shared with us, Mike, that I want to extrapolate a little bit. And and, you you talked about learning about the boot camp and the idea of that and. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to get people to sit together for you know six or seven hours or a Friday evening yeah. and a Saturday. How's that going to happen? And you know, right on the very first uh, page three of the book, first paragraph, Nelson says this is the workbook for a ten hour seminar. Amen. And I, I, I glazed right over it. We had been Amen. doing. We had have been, been doing, We had been doing boot camps, and we'd been we had lit- legitimately structured something. Not even really at the beginning, using Nelson's book as the primary core building block of that yep. content. And we had quite literally designed it around a 10 hour session over multiple weeks, which is exactly what Nelson had done. We didn't know that at the yep. time. Found out years yep. later. And then we you know, we ended up doing the Friday evening and a Saturday because it was hard yep. to get people to commit. And then we found out later, well, that's exactly what Nelson did. Totally by coincidence, didn't realize that. And even, even, you know, and then it was still later on, I'm like, oh, it says it right here in the book, it's a 10 hour seminar, mm, So what I'm doing. It must have to take uh-huh. that long. And then it, I believe it was you, you talked about the importance of the book and he says, You know there's a need for a certain amount of time you need you need reps you need time under your belt you need to build the muscle and nelson's book you know on average everyone reads this a little bit different way etc but you know it's ballpark around two and a half to three and a half hours of effort of energy you got to put into reading the book well that's not quite at 10 hours but if you read the book twice you're getting pretty close (laughs) yeah right and so it's, right. it's It's about getting those reps under your belt, getting that time under your belt so that you can let the thing sink in. And, you know, you can't make up the, you know, you can't shortcut the time, right? You can't, no, how often not? How often they had people come up to you and say, oh yeah, well, I, you know, I, I get it. I get the concept. But then they ask you a question. The very next question out of their mouth clearly indicates they don't get the concept. But they, in their brain, believe that they do because they have not yet, it hasn't, they haven't caught it nope right yeah they've been taught they've been taught some stuff but they haven't caught it exactly have caught it they, they say oh i i get it i use insurance i put some premium in and i can borrow money and there's a policy oh, it, okay it, i i it. get it i'm I'm sorry if it was that simple the book would be one paragraph it, that doesn't that doesn't translate it doesn't correlate you know and uh, you know your story about you know your graduation day and yeah you know, the, the impact that'll happen in the end the everett household. Is that's something right. that our listeners really need to take heed of because that's right. Again, page 72. So again, the bullet point there, the, the the system becomes self-fulfilling. The more that you recognize and understand the power of certainty, when you can live and operate in, in a world in your life under a, a maximum amount of certainty, financial certainty. Yep, yeah, that's right. How you begin to think and act as Nelson would say, intergenerationally, I believe automatically shifts. It doesn't, mm-hmm. you don't have to intentionally shift it. The moment you recognize, okay, the day that I walk off, I, I, I'm out of here. When I cash in my chips and, you know, whatever, 500 grand, a million dollars, $3 million, $10 million, whatever the number is in your household, in your business shows up tax-free where the, you know, the IRS and CRA can't get their hands on it. Yeah. And there's a big fat outstanding bucket of policy loans because utilization for life's necessities has been taking place. And you can refill that bucket so that there's quickly. run, run rate for the whole next generation and the one that follows them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The the things that you're able to do shift, I think, dramatically. And that's yeah. the, you know, people will like to say, often they'll say, well, we're not doing this for death benefit. Okay. You're right. You're because you thought more about cash today than you did about dying, but coincidentally the thing that actually makes the cash grow is the death benefit and so and it's also the thing that makes sustainability operate
1: one of the things that i always say if i if i had to ask you right now what was more important to you cash or life insurance death benefit what would you say Cash. Yes. well that's only partly correct what if you could have both an ample supply yeah you, go. <laughs> you see what i'm saying hey, now let, let me tell you 17 years doing this I've had five people to say both, five. And I oh. go, yeah, that, and that's, I, I, I've said that to thousands and thousands of people. So you can see that the percentage, and I'm going to dovetail back on something that you just said, Richard. You know, this is a marathon that we're doing. It's thinking long-term, right? We're going down the road. Are we going to go out and run a marathon today? No, we got to get in shape. How do we get in shape? Oh, let's see, we read the book, we design policies, we help people strategize, we show people how to pay off debt, we show people how to change the wind current, we show how to pay those payments that they were paying to somebody else into their own system, then we show them how to utilize this, use it or lose it, you know, but the great thing is we can do this over our lifetime. I'm still getting in shape for the marathon. And so getting people to understand, and you hit on this perfectly, page three, very first sentence in the book is becoming your own banker. The infinite banking concept is a text for a 10-hour course of instruction about the power of dividend-paying whole life insurance. And how many people have heard in their lifetimes that whole life insurance is the worst place in the world to park your money? Almost everybody. So, what if we could use your numbers and your financial situation to show you it's the single safest, best place to park your cash? It's either Man. yes or no. Yeah. And so, it's either yes or no, and I'm okay with whatever.
2: Yeah, as long as so, you are really happy.
1: I, and you guys know this as well as I do. You know, there's been tons and tons of people that have gotten a copy of the book from you guys. And how many people just stop what they're doing and go home and read it? Like almost none. <laughs> one, one in a thousand will go home and read it. I had, a guy, I had a guy call me. This was probably about five or six years ago. And he said, Mike, I just read this book by Nelson Nash, Becoming Your Own Banker. Eight years had gone by. And he said, "Why didn't you tell me I needed to read the book?" And I said, "Henry, I said you're the one that bought the book." But but the crazy thing is, with how we designed his plan, over eighteen months we paid off, utilizing his assets in a more efficient way, three hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars worth of outstanding loans, and we changed the wind current of just under five thousand dollars a month
0: that's terrific wow
1: wow and i go now that's that's one of my great examples you know we've also had had some people who literally they started their plan and what they wanted to do was be able to put a deck on their house a $2,500 deck on their house so we designed the policy accordingly they couldn't put premiums and annually they had to do monthly but once we got down to the 13th month they took a policy loan and they put a deck on their house <laughs> and i'm going it's a win-win situation so it, it really the, the crazy thing is it's about a pool and we all have pools of cash But nobody's ever showed anybody how to access their pool of cash and get it working for them and not everybody else. So the only difference between everybody who's on this call and listening is the size of the pool. The percentages are identical. But see, the thing is, we all get hung up on percentages and rates of return and all of this mess that we've been Brainwashed. And so I I tell people, I go, you know, here's the bottom line. About 99.9% of everything that you and I got taught in the banking world and the financial world was based on lies and deception. Our job is to uncover the lies and the deception. And you get a chance to make your decision about whether or not infinite banking is something that you want to utilize, but it's going to be based on truths and your own numbers. Love it. Come on, baby. No, no better,
0: no better way to pay, pay (laughs) yourself first than to do it through this mechanism. Now, Mike, you, you know, you, you were talking about your golf swing earlier and stuff, and now when you were on the golf course here recently, I don't think you were wearing a cape, but you may not recognize yourself as a hero at all times and every day, but I know the clients that you serve and the people that you're able to share this message with, I, I would venture to guess they would, they would rank you in that order. And so our question for you, good sir, as we close our show today is, who do you most want to be a hero to?
1: I want to be a hero to my family, number one, and to my clients, number two. You know, I I want to, and really, uh, you know, I, I have a high, high obligation to the younger practitioners out there as well. You know, you guys will be able to attest to this. When you spent time with Nelson, when you spent time, whether it's on the phone or a Zoom call or personally, did Nelson ever send you a bill for that time? Not once. He did not. And so my obligation, and and when, when Nelson passed, my responsibility to pour into younger practitioners, clients, became a a a premium because of what nelson poured into me there is no way i could ever repay nelson for what he did for mike everett and every generation from here on till eternity and so when when i hear about and i have I have people call me all the time, practitioners and or people who are trying to learn about infinite banking, who are agents, I'll say agents. And, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, when somebody is sincere about wanting to learn, and you guys know this because you get some people who who, who come to you that don't have the the sincere desire to do what exactly what we do. And, you know, we have to be careful about our time. We have to be careful in who we're investing in, but yet I'm still willing to go down the road a ways to find out because if I'm educating, if I'm coaching, if I'm teaching in the right way, in the way Nelson poured into me, poured into us, then somebody's dial can be turned to 212 degrees.
2: And you get better in the process Right alongside that person. Because we're giving
1: away something that wasn't ours in the first place. Yep. And so, you know, I'm I'm willing to run down that road quite a ways with people and go, you know what? I'm ready to go. I'm in the starting blocks. Let's get going.
2: Mike, we appreciate it, brother.
1: Well, love you guys, man. I just have have always enjoyed our conversations and what a blessing for you guys to call this old dude and say, "Hey, we want to do a podcast with you." That's that's humbling on my end because you know, I still see myself as uh, the guy who was just getting into this back in 2005, 2006.
2: And you're you're an inspiration and this this is going to live on the YouTubes and the podcast platforms <laughs> for, for for as long as as long as there's an internet. And so We're going to do more of this. We'll have you back if, if that's okay. And with you periodically and we appreciate you very much. Thanks for, thanks for joining us sincerely. Well,
1: Jason, Richard, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate your time and energy and, and what you guys do up there for uh, the Canadian
2: contingency. Amen. And uh, for all of our viewers on the YouTubes and all of the listeners on the uh, podcasting Platforms that are out there, the podcasters. Thank you for tuning in. And on the YouTube's continue your journey of learning, you're going to see a playlist that shows up. And that playlist is recommended videos for you to continue that journey. There's always something new to learn. As our mentor, the late R. Nelson Nash, often said, there's no such thing as having arrived in knowledge, always something new to learn. And so continue your journey of learning and uh, get in touch with us. So let us know what insights come up for you comment on the video, connect with us. If you have questions, we're always happy to connect you with the right person on our team and uh, make the rest of your week. Great. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for listening to the Wealth Without Basery podcast, where your wealth matters. Be sure to check out our social media channels for more great content. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and be sure to rate the show. We definitely appreciate it. And don't forget to share this episode with someone you care about. Join us on the next episode where we continue to uncover the financial tools, strategies, and the mindsets that maximize your wealth.